Hey, welcome back. This is uh, Joey Novick with uh, Politics and Punchlines, Punchlines and Politics. This is actually our first show after a long time of, uh, we took a little vacation. And over the summer, uh, those of you who have been following me on Facebook, I was at the Republican National Convention, which I'll talk a little about. I was at the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. And uh, yes, I did write this music. So it is uh, actually mine. So I want to welcome everybody here. We have a a very eclectic group of New Jersey folk here today to discuss issues that are going on. When last we left you, it was narrowed down to uh, two candidates, uh, Donald Trump on the Republican side and uh, Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side, and we still have those two people in the race, so as amazing as it is. But first, I want to say hello to a friend. This is actually your third time on the show. So uh, we have the uh, very, very uh, exceptional mayor of uh, Clinton Town in New Jersey, uh, Janice Kovach. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. And uh, I heard you say before the show, you're going on your fifth year as mayor. I am. And can you tell me something that you've learned in your five years as mayor of, uh, of Clinton? Well, there's a lot that I've learned. Um, compromise seems compromise. to be the word. Seems to be the word of the day. Seems to be the word of the day. And you are the only Democrat. You have an all-Republican council. I do. So compromise, you have to have that balance. Any issues that are up in Clinton? I know there are a lot of issues that are facing my hometown of Flemington that are historic issues. And is it true that at some time in the past that we're actually talking about tearing down the Red Mill? Was that actually a conversation in the past? The, convers- I mean, I the Red Mill the would have gone in, in, back in the 50s uh, before the Red Mill 5, which were the group of individuals who bought it and then turned it into the museum. They raised the funds to create the not-for-profit that the Red Mill Museum Village now is. So that's see, the last time the conversation about tearing it down. Yeah, see, that really, I think, has to be the model for Flemington also with the Union Hotel, or else that thing will come down also, which is unfortunate. I think we but can learn a lot of lessons. Don't forget, the, the Red Mill is not on Main Street. It no. is on the one side of the river. So it's the anchor that's the draw to Main Street. Right. You know, Main Street for you guys, unless the the Union Hotel can become something, you know, whether it stays in its current form or, or gets rebuilt, you have to keep that in mind. Oh, good. So take the opposing side to me. Uh, no, Immediately, I'm just... That's <laughs> a, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm putting on the mayor hat. And, you no, know, no, when you it's, talk, a, it's a very important issue. The, your downtown is, is, is the key to the community. I mean, right. uh, Clinton, we're right off 78, and I know if we lose our Main Street, if we lose who we are, our, our Mayberry... We just become a bedroom community where people park at night and leave in the morning. You know, we've got an amazing downtown. We were named one of the top downtowns in the state of New Jersey. I saw that. And, you know, I want you to know there were plenty of times when I went to bed at night and left early in the morning. So, but that was my college days. That's a whole different yeah, time. that's a whole different but, time. But I think that uh, what you're doing with Clinton, you seem to be doing the, the right things for Clinton. I mean, Rosie and I have been up there a lot to go to the, um, the City Spot Coffee, right. and uh, I have to say that it's a very vibrant town. I think there's a lot of things that Flemington can learn from Clinton. So you had um, your... Um, uh, fifth year, and when are you? One hundred and fiftieth. One hundred and fiftieth in twenty fifteen. Yes. Wow, that was, was a uh, huge celebration. That was very exciting. Very, very. Exciting. It was. It was. You know, and it's the. This isn't me doing it. This is really the community pulling everyone sure. together. And I, and I have an awesome council. They are an all Republican council, but I'm probably lucky in the fact that they we all work together because we work for the town. We don't work, you know, for a party or anything like that. When the the election is over. It's the business of the town, and that's it. So we we try to do that in Flemington. We haven't succeeded yet. There is yes, you have all a, one party in they, Flemington. Don't all you? right. Right now, it's in it. Well, I didn't win re-election in uh, 2015. So now the 
council is uh, 100% Republican. Right. The mayor is Republican. And since they don't have uh, any Democrats to fight with, they tend to be fighting with each other now. A I think more. that's common in a lot of other right. communities, too. Sure. That tends to work. So anyway, I want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you for being here. I know you said you had a wonderful summer. You went on the Disney cruise. You we went did. On, did you go to uh, Disney World? Is Absolutely. That part, of, part of the truth. And, and what, what Where do you think I get my ideas for Main Street? I th- <laughs> that's right. And uh, yes, I always thought, you know, uh, Disney World, I happen to love Disney World. I mean, from a kid, and from the time I was a kid, I just love absolutely going there. What's your favorite part of Disney World? Just everything. It's the fact that you go there and, and kind of everything fades away. You don't yeah. deal with what's going on. You know, you can be a kid again. As I try to be on the Flemington Borough Council as much as I can. So, welcome back. I want to work our way around uh, from um, uh, from left to right over here. I want to uh, welcome uh, comedian Tim Grill. How you doing? Very, very funny guy. Tim, we, uh, we can applaud. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Do some little fake applause. We have uh, <laughs> returning uh, for the second time uh, Fred Stein. Thank you, Fred, for coming back. Boo. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Fred. No joke. And uh, also for the first time, Hetty Rosenstein, the um, president of the Communication Workers of America. I'm actually the state director, but how did you make me the one the most right? I you went, went from left to what, right, I, I and going, I'm and at the most right because part of the table. If I, if you I, had that wrong. I did that. I knew that you would say something <laughs> about it. That was the reason why I knew, I predicted, I would have written it down. So you, um, let me let me start with uh, Hetty, who's on my right. And you, over the past few months, I mean, you had a very successful uh, strike against uh, Verizon. I know that was a, that took up a good part of your summer. Oh, well, that was in the spring. In the spring. Yes, that was an amazing, uh, a great strike. I know it's hard to, you know, call things a great strike, but this was a great strike. Uh, Tremendous victory, enormously important in terms of customer service and... uh, and for union members, which sure. is what CWA is all about. Well, and you know, I mean, if you start somewhere in the 1940s and you recognize that the union membership, my dad was a union member, my mom was a union member, and the benefits that were achieved by my family because we had two union members in our household are uh, un- unbelievable. And union membership in the country has dropped so much in the past 30, 40 years. And I think um, that so it goes to speak to your success as the director of CWA to have a successful strike in that kind of environment? Well, um, the strike was really from all the way from Virginia up through Maine, so right. I can't take credit for it. Or just New Jersey. Um, New not Jersey. just New Jersey, but I think the importance of this strike was that we were addressing issues like outsourcing and, um, you know, cuts to pensions and attacks on uh, middle-class jobs, and we had the support of the public, sure. and that was really important. Um, so and, it was and, a great, it and, was a very strong strike. And as someone who is very dependent upon my um, smartphone, you know, I'm a, I am a Verizon customer. I mean, I, uh, I have been a Verizon customer, and I always said that I think that the backbone of a company like Verizon are the people that make it work every single day. And yes, and this was on. an important strike because this is the first time we got a contract in Verizon Wireless. We just uh, organized well, workers in, some workers in Brooklyn and in Massachusetts, a few other spots um, in wireless. Most of wireless is non-union. Wow. But this was, uh, the companies fought us very hard and in this strike. We uh, settled a contract, a good contract for wireless workers as well Great. as landline. 
Congratulations. Let me go from local politics to the subject that's on everyone's uh, Facebook page and the news is the presidential election. It's come down to, as we uh, saw before the summer, uh, part two here is uh, after the primaries, uh, Donald Trump versus uh, Hillary Clinton. The historic commander-in-chief forum in which each uh, candidate got to speak for 30 minutes, interviewed by Matt Lauer. Did, did, did everybody watch this? I did not. I you did it. not watch it? Everybody? I didn't watch it. Did, did anybody watch it? Was I the only? I, think I, it was the I only watched. One. I watched. I came in and out. Yeah, I was. Well, I think Matt Lauer also was not there. I think <laughs> he Matt was Lauer in and out. So, part of it. Yeah, he but, was not there. You know who wasn't there? Who, who should have been there? Who wasn't there? Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson, the Libertarian Party. It was too. It's this country's been too long having a duopoly. I do for you to say it is. I, you know, that part I do agree that I think there are some parts of the parliamentary system where you have multiple parties. Uh, I think really works better. But on the on the other hand, I mean, does Gary Johnson really have any shot at winning whatsoever? Well, first of all, he has, got, he has to be included in the, the debates, right? Just like um, Ross Perot when he got uh, into the debates, his popularity went up. That's true, you know, greatly. And a lot of people don't know Gary Johnson because he doesn't have the money like the two other parties do because he doesn't take any money. He doesn't get money from the special interest groups. He doesn't know where Syria is. I don't want to say anything. Well, I, just want, I just want to tell you in the year 2008, on May the 7th, when Obama was running for president in Beaverton, Oregon, he was saying he was very tired because he was campaigning in 57 states. Yeah, that, Everybody but, makes mistakes, and Gary Johnson admits he made a mistake. But here's the difference. Here is the difference. A misspoken statement by the candidate in saying 57 instead of 47 cannot be equated when a reporter asks you a question about a very specific area of the world, and he asks the reporter back, you know, what, what is, is that? that? Okay, that's, that's a very big difference between the two. And Gary Johnson, you know, I mean, I'm saying, I'll get partisan here for a second. Gary Johnson was the governor of a, of a, of a state. He's running with somebody who was the governor of, of, of Massachusetts. So you would figure he should know more than, than not well, know. Well, he he's been governor of New Mexico for two terms, and right. William Weld has been governor of Massachusetts for two terms. Exactly. They have, they have more executive uh, experience in either one of those candidates. I agree. Yeah. That mean, and that, to me, yes. says that he should have known where Syria okay. was. So he made one right. mistake. They made one no, mistake. No, it's, it's more and, than that. Uh, yeah. Right. Look, like Hillary doesn't make mistakes. Trump makes a million mistakes because he no. knows more about anybody than Trump, anybody else. Trump, doesn't make, Trump does not make mistakes. What he does but, is he, he intentionally lies about what's going on. That's but, not a mistake. But the most important thing is that libertarians don't believe that in regime change, that we sh- shouldn't send our, uh, our military to be the policemen of the world. We have to start withdrawing our troops from Germany, Japan, Europe. You know, take care of the United States first. Yeah, I, do, I have to say, I do, I do think that we probably have too much uh, of our military abroad. I think that it's uh, at time that we, you know, spent money on infrastructure, time that we spent money on schools, on health care in the United States. There's no question about that. So we agree on that. Okay. You should spend more of our money here on government programs rather than overseas. And he did get airtime last night on the circus. Yes, he did. Mark McKinnon spent some time with him in New York. And, so, and a jogger came up to him and said... You're Gary Johnson, yeah. and then took but, a selfie and all that stuff. <laughs> but he, he is, think he'd be recognized. But, but the he was. libertarians are on the ballot in 50 states. So that's right. very impressive. 
And we it have is. a bunch of congressional candidates running and mayors and freeholders. See, see, that's the thing that I think is interesting. I guess we're good, you know we're talking about the presidential race, but also the down ballot races can be very successful for for candidates. Mm-hmm. Like in my, Hunter and County, I think if Gary Johnson were running more of a local. Lo- more libertarians who are running more local races with Gary Johnson at the top, they would get him more votes in a state like New Jersey. Yeah. And I think libertarians could win a seat on a, 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 a town like Flemington or a town like Clinton. And also in... Uh, but they don't believe in government. No. Why do they well, want to be? Less, less government. We're not... not, at, now, not, now, not we're, as long as we're talking about this, I mean, Hetty... Uh, Hetty makes a very good point, which is libertarians believe in less government. Less government. They should and hardly be running for they all these running. many no, less, less little go- towns. Less limit, limited government. What, the, what, the, well, the is it, the, is it limited government no. as far as the government's oversight, or is it the... There's three functions of government. Is a, a, a court system, right? A military to defend the borders of the United States, and a small police force that goes after real criminals, not victimless no, crime criminals. get public education, right? That's not a function of government, Well, with, right? with public comes, when education, health care, housing. Wait a second. With education, it should be the parents deciding how to educate their children. It should be. Uh, I agree. Private schools, charter schools. Charter um, school, yeah. yes. So where do charter... Where, so there uh, shouldn't be public schools then. No, I really, there shouldn't, there's no need for any public expenditure on education, right? Well, Parents kept all their taxes. They could You know what the literacy rate in the 19th right? century was? It was higher than it is today. Uh, we had private my, schools. That's not my question. No, no. You just, they had, they had, would we have... private schools. Would you say, as a libertarian, yes. that it's not a function of government to have... To educate young people, well, it's not is the function, that right? It's not the function of the federal government. It's the function of the, the local government and perhaps the state government. It's, but the federal government should have no role in education. But it should. The but, Department of Education should be abolished. Okay, so, me, so yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was what? just gonna. I just wanted. So, if a local government decides they don't want to spend any money on public education at all, so they're just not going to have it. Is that okay? Well, the parents of the children would form private schools. But what if they don't? They what do. If they don't have parents. They, 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 they do. So that's what you it have, should be. Parents the, should have, form private have, schools. But have, what if some of the children's parents have, can't afford those private you schools? You have voluntary associations. and We had churches, temples, mosques. They're uh, the ones so we should education. do. So we should do it entirely. Then See, that's... Let me just ask, though, so if I don't have any money for my child to go to one of those private schools, then I can rely on charity. That's what you're telling me, right? Do you think people are good or bad? Do I think people People are are good good or or bad? Would you help out a person who's poor? I don't don't even know what that question means. I really believe in government. Do you believe in charity? not really. You don't believe um, in charity? No. Okay. I, You're no, not a good person. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't believe in charity as opposed to those things that the society uh, has a responsibility. If we live in a civilized society, it is the responsibility of that society for the good of all for people yeah. to be educated. The word is society. I yeah, do society, believe yes. in public Government, education. No. See, let, let, me, let, me bring this back, okay. let me bring this back home and, and share with you. I sense the reasons why we need courts, the reasons why we need a military, and the reasons why we need police is that these three things society has given uh, the importance to, protecting our borders, security, and also now let, let's take one, one step further, setting education aside, hospitals. 
Mm-hmm. Okay? Hospitals. Okay. I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think the health of a society as far as hospitals is just as important as protecting your borders. I mean, certainly yeah. protecting your health. Well, but if, but, but, for, but for some public funding of hospitals, hospitals may return to what they were in the 19th century, because as long as you're using the 19th century, when you say the literacy rate was, was higher. The measurements that you're talking about, though, for literacy rates were mostly among white males. The literacy rate amongst white males was higher than it, than it is in all society today, because that's the statistic, because women were not educated, and certainly blacks and other minorities were not educated. So if you want to add in everybody who was not educated, the literacy rate was certainly not higher in the 19th century century than it is today it was but getting back to, <laughs> but, but, get, was. Yeah, but getting back to even like healthcare, care right. you have the doctors there's a monopoly it's not that easy to become a doctor they restricted the number of people right. to become doctors and that's where they should expand the licensing where who's they the, the, the government the government restri- the government restricts Ooh. licensing so the government should expand it no the government should, should just expand eliminate it. I know, they eliminate, should prohibit should eliminate so all no licensing, licensing no no licensing for for uh, for for doctors so if I so if I want to become a doctor and say oh I'm oh, yeah, Joe Nobel that's not happening she's grabbing your bag and leaving <laughs> no like for instance the a lot market of, you have right. a lot the marketplace that's right like you have a lot of doctors from Europe <laughs> or, or South America that come to this country right and they have to go through the whole kabit and caboodle of uh, trying to pass our licensing laws and but and so it's the same thing with the lawyers is that there's a uh, with the suing, it's, it's ridiculous. It, there's a restriction on no, but supply what I'm, what I'm asking but, is, So what should the government do? We should, should the government eliminate licensing of, of medicine, licensing of doctors and of hospitals and setting standards, drugs, FDA? Well, Let's get rid of all well, that. We don't well, need I just, that. I just want to tell you about FDA. If you're dying of cancer, should you be able to take anything you want if you're dying of cancer? Should or, you, you be, or should you wait for the FDA to approve something because out of a million people, um, 300 people might die? Well, there's a question of whether or not you could you, – the real issue of whether or not you have regulation should be based upon your, the most extreme example you can give. So you give me the example of the person who is dying to, of cancer, and the FDA said we're not going to have this dispensed – on a basic, on a regular basis, it's only you know experimental because we don't know what it does. And you give that as the example. Let, why don't we give the example of the six-year-old and whether or not uh, we should be doctors should be giving them aspirin versus something else when we know what aspirin does. What? I'm a parent. I want to give them aspirin. I wanna, I wanna not have them vaccinated. How about vaccinations? Are you opposed to vaccinations? Just want to know. Am I opposed yeah. to vaccination? No, no, shouldn't be required. Ma- mandatory no mandatory vaccination. No shouldn't mandatory. be required. Parent doesn't want to give their uh-huh. kid German I mean, I would say vaccination. Fred, Fred, how old are you? How old am I? How old do I look? No, no, I would say you're probably <laughs> yeah. about my age. I'm, sick, I'm 65. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I young, so, I'm a so young you 65. Up, you grew up uh, taking the uh, sugar cube and having the polio vaccine, and the government required you to take that. And that's probably why we got rid of polio. But if we lived in a libertarian world 60 years ago, 50 years ago... It would be the most logical thing that a mother wants the best for their children. Exactly. Yes. 
Yes. Of course, a mother yes. wants the best for yes. her children. But there's but, a difference between standards and how you achieve. But those I standards. don't believe well, let, that let, they should take measles, mumps, and rubella because I learned, I read that some crackpot says that it causes autism. Uh, so I don't want my kids to take or, or it. Or the same thing with New Jersey with marijuana, with medical marijuana. I'm yeah. in favor. Oh, okay. I yeah. want legalization. Yeah. Well, there, there are some things now, where there, there are some things where, and Tim, if you and Tim, you want to throw in yeah. Tim's. Uh, uh, you know, I'm learning more, but just by I'm learning. My mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I come here once a week to keep my mouth shut, and I learn from you. Yeah, people. exactly. But I think I think one of the things that I've learned from libertarians, and I, I've stood side by side with libertarians like my, uh, Assemblyman Michael Patrick Carroll on issues like the TSA. You know, for example, when the mm-hmm. government is imposing too many restrictions on our travel, and I go to an airport and I'm being patted down, which I go there to be patted down anyway. <laughs> it's just an enjoyable experience. It's Saturday night for you to be patted down. That's so I go. Saturdays, and I bring my own wine. But the thing is that um, which, which this is, is what we've been reduced to. This is what it's we've dreadful. been reduced to on the show. But 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 in all seriousness, the li- the libertarians have a good handle on a couple of things. I mean, I would like to see our nation not send troops overseas at the, dro- at the drop of a hat, just you know, to do uh, thank you to do uh, nation building. I certainly agree with the libertarians there. Where where I disagree is I believe that the government has an absolute obligation to step into the to step into society when the marketplace has so failed that people are dying or, or people's lives are in jeopardy. When I see something like what, lead in water because the government in, in Flint, Michigan, or the state government did nothing, really did nothing, if that's going to be the who result... Who did worse than nothing? Who controls the water supply? They did worse than nothing. It, they, isn't it government? The government, the government, the government actually... That was the whole point. They did nothing. It wasn't No, no, they did worse than nothing. It wasn't a private company. They, it was the they deliberately exactly. switched yeah. to cheaper. They wanted to spend less money, and so they deliberately switched the water supply in that situation. Let everybody right? drink wine. Regarding, no, but it, actually the doctor, they took yep. the local government away. Right. Right? And they put somebody in, in place. They eliminated so, the democracy. Tim, you were... Uh, Regarding the doctor comment, I, I was born with spina bifida. I've had 13 surgeries. I very much want somebody to be licensed when they take care of me. <laughs> I think well, so. Plan. Yeah. It, Good it, plan. It's like the same thing when you get an electrician to your house. You get a, a licensed one. You but why? Licensed by who? You, you, like I used to be a real estate appraiser for right. 25 years. And before the government took over real estate appraising, and that's one of the reasons why we had a crash a few years ago, is because you had private organizations licensing people. Private organizations would license people. They and weren't you, licensing people. What they were doing is setting a, an industry standard. A license you, is a license is a an authority of the government. What what would it, what was happening there? Now, if you're going to tell me that you think a private organization should be the ones that set that sets the standard for doctors. You know, maybe maybe that's a way to go. I don't really know. I don't think so. I'd like to know that the, 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 you would have like insurance companies would be having their own doctors because because that has worked out so well. Yeah, for the past right. Years. They're looking out for you, the mm, insurance exactly. companies. We are. Uh, we're coming. Um, I just want to say uh, this has been great. We're coming to. Um, our break in a few minutes. I guess we have three minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you put up one finger. I thought it was one finger. I can't mm. see that far. But I, I think your, yeah. Yeah, your, your experience, uh, Tim Grill, very funny comedian. Was it timgrill.com? Yes. Is your yeah. website. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you listening, Tim Grill, a very, very funny comedian, has, um, does a material about his experience being a um, child and then an adult affected by uh, spina bifida, or as you say in your act, what do you call it? Spina syphilis. Spina syphilis. And, uh, my uncle used to call it. 
So your uncle used to call it spina, spina syphilis. And, and so you uh, certainly have more experience than anyone at this table with the medical delivery system in the country. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent, uh, you know, months and months at, in, in hospitals at one, you know, at one time. Uh, the old Shriners Hospital in Philadelphia. Sure. I was in there for three months at a time. And, uh, and this was in the 70s and 80s, you know, when it was, uh, you know, a lot more... Um, it was barbaric, actually, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I have my experience in hospitals and stuff like that. So, I, th- I think that there are certain things that I am more trusting in the government taking care of, especially when the, the marketplace has failed. I mean, the reason why we have public schools is because in the 19th century, as things were moving forward, what ended up happening is that there were certain parts of the country that were simply not getting educated. You know, we had tens of thousands of immigrants coming in every month into the country. Who was going to It's amazing that they all start, learned English real quick back then. Nowadays, right. they don't have to learn their English. No, they no. learn English. I mean, they I mean, learn English, but English is not the they only language. They need a bilingual language, education for but, 10 years. But English is not the only language that is spoken in the world, nor in, in the... It's the world the, language now. You know? It's you know, the what? It's the world language. It is. It is certainly. I. I, I don't agree with you that business it's the world language. And business and diplomacy is done in English. But what's and the point? What's your point? What, no, what exactly well, is your point? My though? my point is that the public schools have a lot to be desired. I mean, like even in New Jersey, you, the high property taxes. What's your solution? Well, to that? you want to know yeah, the go, public go schools in New Jersey are some of the finest schools in the country. In the country, and every single year there is a finding that the public schools in New Jersey are some of the finest schools in the country. I don't believe that schools should be funded through property taxes well, at all. A lot of people. And, well, and you, you asked what was my answer about property taxes. I don't think schools should be funded by property taxes. They should be funded through income taxes. So this is the only place where we fund schools through property taxes. So we should also have the funding so that it's, it's fair to all the students. Absolutely. So we are going to pick up on that because you used the word in your sentence of fair and oh. funding because the governor Didn't wants to put that in. One. I know, but that's where we're going to jump on. So we are going to cut out for a break here. You're listening to Punchlines and Politics. I am Joey Novick, and we'll be back in about a, f- a minute or so with the second half of our show. Thank you for listening. Business only gets one chance to make a first impression. That's why Green Birdie Productions offers free re-edits on every high-definition video we create. Our Emmy Award-winning staff and green screen special effects studio guarantee the quality we strive for. It's no wonder most of our business comes from referrals. Green Birdie Productions. Compelling video. Competitive price. Hi, this is Judith Marshan with PANJ Radio. I'd like to uh, invite you to listen to my new show, Musical Notes, where I will be interviewing different musicians um, at 8 p.m. every night 
Um, Tuesday nights I will have a new musician and then it will air the rest of the week. We'll be finding out what these musicians are all about and listening to some of their music. So tune in. It's going to be a great show on PANJRadio.com. Hey, I'm Deirdre Anderson with Delish Catering. And I'm Laura Mangone from Chambers Walk Cafe and Catering. And we'd like you to join us on Food for Thought Where. What do we talk about, Laura? We talk about restaurants. We talk about pet recipes. Peeves, pet food. peeves. Bitchy hostesses. <laughs> All sorts of food-related items. All sorts of Tune food in. stuff. And sometimes not so much food stuff. We go off on segues, but we have a lot of fun, don't we? Absolutely. So join us on Food for Thought. PANJRadio.com, 1 o'clock weekdays. Hey, and we're back. I'd love to have a show just called Hey, and we're back. It's just the second half of a show, and that's all we do. So we are back. I am Joe Novick. I am here with uh, Mayor Janice Kovach of the uh, beautiful town of uh, Clinton. We're here with very, very funny comedian Tim Grill, who I worked with last week. I, for- I, was, I forgot to mention that. We got into a uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. I worked with uh, Tim Grill at a benefit for the Gotham Comedy Club Foundation with the lovely and talented Joan Weisblatt, who sure. broke her toe, and yes. she was uh, broke her toe in Flemington, which she's healthy now, and you just uh, killed. You absolutely oh, killed the you. crowd. I blame the, my uh, I blame my affliction on you too. Yeah, yeah so. you do that. I like that affliction you have that gets you laughs. I should have <laughs> such an affliction. And we have uh, uh, Fred Stein with us. And I'm, my guess is you're a little libertarian. Is that would be uh, full libertarian? Full libertarian. Okay, I'm not an anarchist. I'm a li- limited government. <laughs> limited government. Limited government. And we have uh, the executive. So what's your actual title? I'm CW? the state director. The state director of the CWA. Yeah. So uh, Hetty Rosenstein. I want to make sure I get that right. So, um, as we were uh, finishing up, um, we were talking about uh, something that actually Michael Dougherty was here about a month ago, a month and a half ago, was talking about his fair funding plan, which the governor seems to have um, embraced, at least in part. And before we left, you used the words fair and funding. How would, if you were governor, Governor Janice Kovach, how would your, I mean, in what manner, what do you consider to be fair? Because fair is a word that we can bandy about and uh, has, has different meanings. I agree with Hetty. It, it it shouldn't be tied to property taxes because, no. you know, we get hit so hard, especially in the small towns. And, you know, and I don't know if it has to do with the fact that we have so many municipalities and there's, there, there's no sharing of anything. Education is so expensive because you have multiple levels of administration. Right. It, it's not – the money doesn't go to the students. It's going to the however many levels of administration. You've got antiquated state laws that require a superintendent or a principal in every physical building. You've got towns that have two buildings, you know, with less than 600 kids. You've got an elementary school and a middle school. It, it really needs to be more about looking at um, – it's not the per child funding, but it's about the money going into the education, into sure. the, the school buildings, and into the teachers, into the programs, not into the administrative salaries. Now, what's really funny about that is the uh, schools, Hetty is right that the schools in New Jersey are generally ranked uh, some of the highest and in the in, uh, strongest in the country, yes. along with states like Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York State, which ironically, we all have the highest property taxes 
of those four or five states, we also have excellent schools. So the um, Republicans and some libertarians would like to blame this on the high teacher salaries. And ironically, it was a Republican governor, Governor Tom Kane Sr., who actually signed a bill many, many years ago raising the salaries of teachers so that they considered it a career instead of – and when I was a kid, I remember – a kid in college, people would say, oh, I'm going to be a teacher for two years. I'm in grad school. And then when I get out of grad school, I'll go into finance. But I'll be a teacher for a couple of years. But then when they raise the salary, people could actually plan their family and life around being a teacher. I mean, I think that that's what made teachers. But you know, well, that, I mean, it, it, you're talking about salaries that are, they're not necessarily livable wages for fa- where you know it's a family. You've got parents that both parents have to work because the teacher's sure. salary is still not. But you have administrator salaries that are at one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Why do you need? Why does a school need that's got less than six hundred kids need a superintendent that's making one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars and then maybe an assistant principal making a hundred when you got teachers who are making forty, fifty, sixty? Look, I don't actually think the the salary issue is the issue. And I don't think that the schools are too expensive, period. Our problem is a taxation problem and the fact that the wrong people are paying the taxes and that then other things are being spent, things are being, uh, taxes are being spent on things that we don't need. So I would agree. I actually think we spend far too much on military And that if we weren't spending so much on military, then in fact, uh, that would free up money for social services and for infrastructure and for the country. And I also think that the very wealthiest of individuals are not, individuals and corporations are not paying their fair share. And if we had fair share taxation, then we would be able to address what's the education we need and what does it cost. In other countries, teachers are paid enormously, have tremendously high status. And nobody begrudges them their wages and their benefits. This this is the time I really wish I had uh, Michael Patrick Carroll in the studio to take the opposing side. I will do my best impression of him and take the opposing side. So what Michael Patrick Carroll said when he was here, he said, if you want to return, he said, I would agree. I agree with, uh, I forget who was here. I think it was Andrew Zwicker. said, I agree with the assembly, you know, my uh, uh, freshman assemblyman. If we want to return to uh, the status of, of taxation in Finland, if we want to have, you know, spend the kind of money that the Finnish government spends on things, I would thoroughly agree. Because, of course, the, the government of Finland doesn't spend money on things like on, on military. You know, they just don't spend the Nothing. kind of money. Right. Although I do think we should continue to spend money to keep libertarians out of the government. That is absolutely <laughs> a very important how, thing. How did we exist in the 1960s? We did not have an income tax and we didn't have a sales tax. In, in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Right. And we were I did able a lot to, of the work on the first income we, tax. Yes. We survived it and we CWA's thrived. was work. But you have places like Atlantic City and I think Asbury that cost $25,000 per student. For an education? See, let me, let me give you some history. I'm not from New Jersey. I no. had to research this. Now, when you say that how did we survive and thrive in the 1960s and the 1970s, one of the reasons why uh, you know, uh, Governor Kane signed a bill to raise the salaries of teachers is because the schools in New Jersey generally were amongst the, the bottom third in the country. 
So if you call that surviving... I and mean, the minimum that, salary for teachers at that point that he signed in place was 14000 Exactly. There's, there's not a shortage of people going into education. But the thing is, now, there is, it, is, now as a matter nowadays of fact. we don't need buildings. We have the internet learning Oh, that's the new thing. And then you have well, you then know, you have people at the Rutgers University. You have the president making eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, that's we, obscene. Okay, that's obscene. That's obscene. Yeah, that but all obscene. these college that, presidents that, make I, too much that's money. Tr- that's I, true. I, I okay. thoroughly agree. If you're paying, I mean, when I read Public colleges, that's when, I, when I read the amount of money, for example, that the football coach at Rutgers, a public university, mm-hmm. was making. When I, and they talked about, well, we have to be competitive against... Uh, no, we don't have to be competitive against, against private schools. Not on my dime. Excuse me, Tim, do you, you know, believe in football? Oh, yes, sir. I love football. <laughs> I, love, I love football. But you know what? Football, I mean, if you're going to have people making... I mean, well, I they argue that, that the market, that in order for them to be competitive in the market, they need to have football. I, but is football required for an education? No, market. it's not. No, it's no, that it's not. Are we going to talk market. about that football player? That let that me didn't... actually, you know, this would be a good segue. Thank you. I can always count on Fred to change the subject when you know going. So uh, this actually happened in New Jersey. We had the, uh, the we had the player and the, the the entire Seattle team. We had an East Camden football coach telling his players that he plans to take a knee during the national anthem. All of uh, all but uh, two of his players followed the lead. So this is becoming a thing now. Ever since uh, Kaepernick uh, decided to do it, and he was severely criticized, even. Even Obama, Obama, I think I was proud to see Obama defended his right to do it. And he said, look, I don't agree with the message, but if there's any way we differ from other countries, uh, we don't require people to stand during the national anthem. It's part of his freedom of expression. So I think this is kind of interesting. I I say the problem is the national anthem. We've got to change the song to America the Beautiful. (laughs) I like that song better, too. (laughs) So so the issue, because I'm sure the Kubernetes is going, you know, uh, I'm on one knee because I just don't like the song. You know, if it was America the Beautiful, Beautiful. I would I would be standing, but I would I would go for uh, this land is your land by Woody yeah. Guthrie instead of uh, that would be he was my, a communist wasn't that it? was it he was he was a socialist he was a socialist, was a socialist. personally I would do Jimi Hendrix's uh, version of uh, National the Star Spangled Banner oh, so that yeah. was a similar point of view then yes That's it was exactly. Right? But here, but here's the question to the panel, and I think this is an interesting one. There are, and this is uh, one of those things that uh, kind of lights up Facebook, is that you have people who are so angry. There's a friend of mine, Frankie Pace. He's a stand-up comedian. You have friends? Said, I'm sorry? You have friends? I do have friends. Joey Novick has friends. It's as unbelievable. That's why, Name I, got the, that's why I got this radio show, because um, I have friends who come and do the show. Uh, Frankie Pace is a stand-up comedian. I thought this was very funny. He said that he protested the football, he protested watching the opening 10 minutes of the football game <laughs> because he was opposed to any of those players who would be on one knee, right, taking a knee. And I thought, boy, that's, that's a proud moment. That's a, what a, what a, you know, boy, a what a courageous, sacrifice. what a sacrifice and what a courageous, <laughs> what a courageous moment. And, you know, and I, I, look, I'm on the borough council in my town. I always stood for the, the uh, Star Spangled Banner. I'm not, I don't think I would take a go down on one knee because I don't think I'd ever get back up again. But that would, that's my problem. But all kidding aside, um, is is this a legitimate thing? Do you think that you know NFL players or NBA players should be allowed to have an opinion on the job? Well, as much as they are sort of you know the whole idea of playing the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, who decided that that had to happen at the front at the beginning of a game? That Where's was started, that opinion? That was actually started during World War II, 
as a as a, a statement of uh, patriotism. For, yes, loyalty. loyalty. Yeah, loyalty. So, <laughs> loyalty. That, you know, and and that that's actually where it got started. Yeah, I certainly I think that uh, I I think it's it, it's important that. Uh, you know, we live in a country where people do express their views. Uh, sure. I haven't been pledging allegiance now since I was uh, seven. So, could you please? The door is over there because communist. You always yeah. stood, but you didn't right. pledge. When I heard that Kaepernick was going to do that, my knee-jerk reaction was that I was angry. I was. I. I, I felt, right. I. You know. I. I. I have a lot of patriotism and stuff like that. And I think the flag is sacred. So, yeah, I, I, I was angry at first. And then, because you look at it, and the way I looked at it, I was just thought, you know, who, who are you to do this? You got, you're making millions of dollars and stuff like that. And, and so, this is your big stance, whatever. That was my, you know, that was my stance. But then, as I thought about it, as the weeks went on, I saw people, the dialogue get started, which is what he succeeded in doing, you know, now because everyone's talking about it. Sure. Um, all of a sudden, I started thinking about, you know, I, I never, I never questioned whether it was his right. It was always his right to do, but I started thinking. Well, I mean, he succeeded in doing what he's doing because now, and I called it. I said, "This is going to be, this is going to start a huge uh, thing. This is not going to end with Colin Kaepernick. It, everyone's going to, people are going to start doing it in stands, and I think it's going to get bigger and bigger." But I don't know. I, I just think, uh, I think sometimes the uh, the outcome is a little convoluted. I guess you know. Um, but that's my question. Is it? Is it? The, the national conversation that's taking place has gotten convoluted. It's gotten muddied, and it's become hateful on both sides. You know, rather than a true conversation about anything, it's it's black or white. And I don't think anything is just black or white. There's always a, a, the gray in between. Nobody, What's the nobody, hateful nobody likes part on the other side? I, I mean, well, you get the people who say, "Oh, he's absolutely right," and it's not at Colin Kaepernick. It's at they're at each other. I mean, I've, I watched the Facebook post. People who are friends. It's that division of, and you've seen yeah, it with the right. entire political conversation. Incredibly it's, angry. You incredibly every. Angry. Uh, they're just so that anger. You know, I can't get over it. You know what's funny? If I write a joke, I, I, I'm, an, I'm a middle guy. Okay, like I said, I'm, I'm a, uh, independent, whatever. And I just was never able to pick one side or the other. Right? I'm a comedian, so if I write a joke about Trump, I see a bunch of people who are supporting Hillary. They like it. They laugh, <laughs> they, and all the Trump people get insanely angry. Absolutely. If I reverse that and make fun of Hillary, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. And there's like it's like the people don't have a sense of humor when it comes to their candidate. There's not a tolerance. No. And and people I'm not so trying angry. to create. But there's an, there are some reasons for polarization. I, I, I'm in. I, sometimes it's important that the argument be joined and that there be polarization. Racism isn't something that's tolerable. Absolutely. And people shouldn't tolerate it. It shouldn't. It, it's okay and, from and my th- point of view that that's not tolerated. And, and, the thing, and the thing that's interesting about this is. I, there is the 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 show um, newsroom on HBO mm-hmm. began with one of the most interesting things. It, it was um, uh, oh god, Jeff, I forget the actor yeah, who played he was the great. Bridget. you know just absolutely phenomenal. And it was you know it was a show, um, and they talked about that the news has this uh, tendency towards uh, wanting everything to be equal. It's this this. Uh, this uh, wanting to get away from bias, like they don't want they don't want people to think they're in one way or the other, so they just want to make sure that everything is equal. Well, Every, it's not equal; it's equivalent. Equivalency. Equivalent. And there are certain things that are just plain 
Um, on, not equivalent. Not equivalent right. at all. 19, 1943, um, there was a Supreme Court case where Jehovah's Witnesses, children in school who were at that time required to say the Pledge of Allegiance, it was against their religious belief to say the pledge. So this went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled, and I think it was, I think it was even like a six-three uh, uh, opinion that basically said that you know the government can't require people to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Now here we are, fifty, you know, I guess seventy years later, and we're criticizing Colin Kaepernick for exercising his right of free speech. Um, I, I don't agree with his message. I, I stand and I say the Pledge of Allegiance, and I sing the, the Star Spangled Banner. Not well. That's but a, I I think it, say that's, that's a scary a, thought. That, that, that would be, you know, I should threaten people, if we don't give uh, more money to the poor, I will sing. But, I will. you know, how, you, you have this, this angry conversation going on, and it's really what I think the other part of it is it's turned people off from participating yes. because there's this, it's a personal attack. It's not a legitimate conversation. It is, you know... Uh, the finger pointing and, and just watching what happens. There was a post in, in one of the town of Clinton community bulletin boards, and it was a generic post about, well, I heard someone say this, and I heard someone call the Mexican, and I heard someone use the N-word. No specifics. And the, the thread was just absolutely horrible and how people were talking back and forth to one another. I don't have a problem with disagreeing. I don't have a problem with being angry about something. But when you push people out of a conversation because they're like, it's become so per- – it's like politics. You know, it gets really personal. Yeah. So, so here's the question in bringing this issue to New Jersey. Um, there was an, an e- a East Camden High School, Woodrow Wilson High School. Um, uh, Coach Preston Brown told his players before Saturday's game that he was planning to take a knee during the national anthem, and he invited them to follow his lead. Okay, and you know this is gonna this is gonna come before their school board because the entire team, you know, the, we're talking about high school students who are between the ages of sixteen and eighteen years old, very impressionable, and one can say, well, you know, they don't they're listening to the coach. The coach is a a teacher. The coach is their mentor. The, he's he's giving them a message that maybe the school shouldn't be giving them. So all of the students except two. Took a knee, so you know yeah. that there's going to be followed up in the story. Then you got the other side too, when some of these coaches pray with the students. That's right. right. It's another issue. Right. So, so, so that, there, was, there was one thing that I that bothered me is that uh, you know with Colin Kaepernick getting all this uh, you know this publicity and stuff like that, um, you know, and the whole race issue is just like, you know, it's like you said, it's just it's, so crazy. Now Tim Tebow is another football player. He got killed in the media. For simply praying in the in the end zone, right? Right. Oh, he he. It was a love fest. The, I didn't see it that way at all. People just loved him for it. People no, loved he, him, but, but then I would just say, killed. but you just here's the thing. This is a real issue um, no, that this player has raised, and he's saying, I don't feel this way about. I don't think this song reflects in any way how I feel about the country and whether or not and how the country treats people of color, and what I think is taking place in the country. This is really important. And it is. Absolutely. And so I respect the fact that he did it, and I think the challenge, and this is a challenge to lots of people, um, the challenge is painful and difficult for them. 
but it's a difficult issue. Maybe I can settle this by, because um, I, I don't think obviously we're going to settle all race issues in this uh, conversation. And I do find it disturbing that um, uh, R- R- Ruby, I can't remember her last name, was it Ruby Bridges? Bridges. Ruby Bridges turned 62 this week. Uh, same age as me, and if you don't know who Ruby Bridges is, Ruby Bridges was uh, a, a girl, six years old, who um, was led... Who I desegregated. I saw your post. I saw right, your post so on Facebook. Desegregated. And, you know, I was watching, when I, when I saw this picture, a friend of mine who has a six-year-old who went into school put that picture side by side, her daughter's picture going to school for the first time in a beautiful dress, shrine shoes, with her books and her, uh, I'm going to cry, with her books and her sandwich. And this was her first day in school. And then this was Ruby Bridges' first day in school. Shine shoes, beautiful dress, her book book bag having to be escorted by four. That was her first day in school. And and just, I'm not a religious person at all, but thank God. With white people screaming at her. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, and she was, and all of the parents talking about, Talk about the libertarian parents who took their kids out of school because they did not. I'm I'm making fun when I say libertarian. I'm I'm probably not. But the point is they took all of their kids out of school. So for the first talk about getting attention, she was the only kid in the school for almost the first year when she's learning. She went to school every single day. Talk about uh, change. And that happened 60, uh, 55 years ago. And here we are still debating, still debating these issues. So I read, I heard that in some college campuses, the blacks want their own dormitories. That, you know, you know it, but but here's the difference: if blacks want their own dormitories on yeah. a campus because they want to bond together, very different than the white yeah. administration sure. of the state saying you must you must be separated. Or white but, people saying but, that they want their own dormitories. Yes, but they, but they sh- if they voluntarily want that, is, isn't that consistent? It's not the same thing when you know there is a difference between it's a, it's there is a difference between people who are oppressed making decisions and I'm not suggesting that I think segregation is a good thing anywhere but there is a difference between people who are oppressed saying uh, you know we need to respect and create safe spaces for women for people of color for LGBT people and, and there is a difference between those people Disabled. needing safe spaces and somebody saying, well, why shouldn't we have white people be able to do that? One, it, in one case, people need safe spaces. In other cases, people have the power and control and don't. And it's not a dichotomous thing that it's either white or black. I mean, blacks are, what, 18% of the population, somewhere around Somewhere around those well, numbers. What's scary in a lot of universities is that they have they invite speakers that might be conservative or libertarians, and then they get disinvited because they're not allowed to speak or you're not allowed to have an opposing viewpoint. You know, all same thing with comics. They, you have to be politically correct. You know, the only time I had an experience, I worked many years ago. My first time working at um, the Trump Castle 
used to have a comedy club. And, and I wish I had this agreement. I wish I had this contract. So I'm working there with a comedian named Tracy Smith. She's still out there working. And we got a contract that said all of the things that we could not make fun of. No, no material on making fun of gambling. No material on making fun of Trump's hair. No material on making fun at that time of Ivanka. Uh, not, not Ivanka. I- Ivana Trump was yeah. his wife Ivana. then. Ivana. Couldn't yeah. make any, any fun of Ivana. Her accent. You couldn't say anything about one business of Trump's that happened to go bankrupt. And th- this was all restrictions. Now, I signed this because I really didn't do any material about that anyway. Do you do so political really material? When you, when you, uh... Well, you know, it's actually funny. I do an entire show. I do an entire show called Comedian Elected to Town Council in New Jersey that I'm doing at the Solo United Solo Festival in, in the fall, uh, in November, which is all political. Now, I don't really, I don't do political material per se, but my other, my, I mean, I've been, of all the comedians that I know, nobody has been more political than me. I've been an elected official. You right. know, there's nothing more political. I don't touch it in my act. No, no. For the and reason do, that we talked about. Frank, and, 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 I do, and I do um, uh, Laughing Liberally. I've done those shows. I've done other political shows where I, you know, talk about, but see, I think that there's a difference between a political comedian who takes a point point of view, like um, John Stewart takes a definite point of view, and somebody who is a topical comedian who does material just kind of making joke, joke, joke. Now, when I look at somebody like Louis Black, I look at somebody like John Stewart, I look at somebody like... um Trying to think of who else would be a political. So Maher. I'm sorry, Mar. Bill, Bill Maher Mar, certainly. Bill Maher. They have very strong points of view, and they use humor to, as we all do when we're when we're doing comedy to show the inconsistencies in political positions, which I think is what humorists should do. That's the jester, you know, kind of making fun of the king is a very important. I think that's a very important part of the conversation. Uh, we are uh, five minutes. We got about another four minutes, five minutes. Until we're gone. But I want to read, I just want to say, I want to read from the New Miss America. The New Miss America is, um, and by the way, in this Miss America contest, we didn't even get to this, the first openly gay Miss America oh, wow. um, contestant. She's happy. Was in, was in there. Yeah, she was gay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing that. Openly gay. So that, that certainly was certainly a big deal. She did not win, uh, unfortunately, uh, for her. But uh, the... Um, uh, let me see the name. I can't even find the name of the person who won became Miss America. Oh, Savvy, uh, Savvy Shields. Savvy Shields. What? That's a great name. Um, became Miss America. She had this to say for uh, Trump and, and Mrs. Clinton. She said, what I want both candidates to focus on is compromise. Our country was founded on compromise. We're in a state now where both parties just seem to be yelling at one another. I hope that at the end of my year, we've started to reward politicians for compromise. Our country was founded on revolution, exactly. not compromise. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, again, but again, how old is she? Well, how what, old is she? Uh, 24. She's 24, 25 She's years too old. young for you. Right, yeah. she's too young. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, but to me, that's, I mean, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say is that the country wasn't founded on compromise. It was founded on taking a very strong position. It's not like Ben Franklin said, you know, those British are not You're that right. bad. Not you know, bad. Maybe we get, can, get rid of the red suits. Right. Maybe, right. We cut, maybe we can cut the, uh, maybe we can cut the tea tax by half. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that will be, that will be fine. So anyway, we are uh, finishing up. Pooies. Did you ever see that Seinfeld <laughs> with, the, with the Miss America? Pooies. <laughs> 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 
But, you know, but so here's, you know, let's see. The runners-up were, did Miss New Jersey get in there at all? Nah, Miss New Jersey wasn't even when the top When I was a kid, five. that was a big deal, Miss America. It was, you yeah. know, it was on TV. It was a huge deal. And now it's, I didn't even know it was on. I didn't even know it was on. My whole family used to gather on Sunday or Saturday yeah. evening to watch the Miss America pageant. I love, I love watching oh, the Miss America yeah. pageant. It's not it's like we had a lot of other options. I was a feminist. No. Yeah, right. Still am. Not, I, it's know, not a big Miss America. But what it was, and I, and I agree with you, and I remember at the age of eight or nine years old thinking that all these women are being forced to like change clothes and run across the stage and you know Burt Parks would start singing the same song but it was a family gathering it was a time that there was one television and we would sit there and That's watch I remember, yeah. and we would bet you know who would be the winner yep. and would all be rooting for Miss New York no right. matter how who is the prettiest you know, who is the prettiest you know look and best in her bathing right? suit and then when I ask questions you know, I'd say well it's not a beauty contest it was a contest to win a scholarship oh yeah it, was a contest right. to win a it wasn't a beauty contest you know test. but I'm glad you know I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sort of glad that uh, something like this is back in uh, is back in New Jersey because certainly New Jersey and Atlantic City needs more things sure. that are old and uh, in yeah. this direction. So, hey, um, uh, thank you, Janice, uh, Mayor Janice Kovach. Want to plug something in? Uh, we're end the show. We want to plug something that's sure. happening in Clinton. Very Je- quick. Uh, September twenty eighth, Wednesday, we will be taping a show, Fireball Run. Fireball Run, fantastic. Street. Tim Grill, where are you playing uh, next? Uh, I'm doing a private show this Friday, um, and then I'm going to be at Uncle Vinny's next month. Uncle Vinny's next month. Uncle Vinny's a great comedy club. Fred, where are I you going to be? I appear at many senior centers, one in South Brunswick, but I just want to say that Gary Johnson should be included in the debates. In the debates. debates. I think you should be included in the debates also. I'd love to see Gary Johnson and Jill Stein in the debates. Um, and Hetty, uh, anything, uh, the CWA that's happening that uh, is exciting you want to tell us about? Well, we are just fighting every day, fighting Chris Christie every day, and making sure that people get out and vote in November, and in this case, vote against Donald Trump. Vote against Donald Trump and uh, vote your conscience up and down. Vote for Hillary. Vote for Hillary and vote your conscience. Uh, thank you. And I'm she's Joey just Novick. fine, by the way. That's it. <laughs> she's just I will be back next week. Thank you very much. This is Joey Novick, and listen all week. Thanks very much.